Hello, my name is Angela Cox and I am the Mindset Mentor and this is the Mindset Mentor Meets Podcast. Now, my aim is to discover and share the secrets of success. You'll hear engaging and uplifting interviews with business leaders at the top of their game, all primed to deliver bucketfuls of value and inspiration. We'll bring practical tips, success strategies and golden nuggets of motivation to help you unleash your absolute potential. Now, please do like, share and leave a review if you love this podcast. It really does help others to find us. Thanks for listening and let's jump in now and meet this week's fabulous guest. Hello, lovely listener. It's Angela here and I hope you are keeping well. I am doing a special episode today. It's our Master Your Mindset special. And this one is about the third shackle from my book, You're Better Than You Think You Are. And we are talking all about the shadows today. And by the shadows, of course, I am talking about fear. Now, before I get into that, let me just tell you a little bit about what's been going on since the last time I joined you on my own on the podcast. There's quite a lot been happening, actually. It's all, you know, a wash of homeschooling. I am recording this the week before half term. So it's freezing cold. There's a lot going on. And you'll probably hear this later on in March, by which time I'm hoping the children have gone back to school. It's a real juggling act. And I feel for any of you who are in the same boat as me, trying to work and juggle the homeschooling at the same time. But we do what we do, don't we? Because we don't have any other choice at the moment. Now, in terms of the good news, I got a massive surprise a few days ago when I got an email to say that Enough, my first book, had been chosen to rank in the top 100 self-help books of all time as pulled together by the Book Authority. Now, when I got that email, I have to say, I thought it was a bit of a joke. And I sort of looked at the link and I was just about to go into a coaching session. So I sent the link through to my husband on WhatsApp and said, can you just look into this? And after the coaching session, he'd replied back to me and there it was. He said, yep, you're in the list. You're number 57 or 58. I was like, wow. And then I started to flick through the list and I just couldn't believe that some of my heroes were in there, like Brené Brown and, of course, the wonderful Andy Cope. And then, you know, really great kind of entrepreneurs like Brendan Burchard and brilliant writers like Tim Ferriss. I was just astounded that my story, Enough, was in that list. It was just one of those moments in time where you really have to give yourself a knock on the head to just realise what's happened. <laughs> and I still haven't quite got over it. You might, you might pick up on this. I just cannot believe it, to be honest. And 
And my hope is that one day the book that I'm talking to you about today, You're Better Than You Think You Are, will also be in a list like that because I really have put my heart and soul into this latest book and, and I love it. In other news, I have been busy with my studies at Cambridge and they conclude in April, learning ever such a lot about my coaching style through this. And what I'm finding at the moment, which I think is super interesting, is I actually have more male clients for the first time since I started my business. And they are coming to me for what I call the inner game style coaching. So, you know, I don't do transactional coaching. I'm not about non-directive. I'm about getting under the skin. I'm about working the whole of the coaching spectrum from therapy all the way through to advisory. And I have male executives and male senior leaders wanting to engage with me on that basis. And I just think that is amazing because all of the advice that I got from mentors was, oh, don't be talking to men about what's going on under the skin because they're not going to be interested in that. They'll run a mile. But I think times are genuinely changing and it's great to see that men are engaging in this way. So Cambridge continues. I've got a number of assignments to complete. And then I will be starting a doctorate in professional executive coaching. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to really position me as an expert in my field. I want to specialise in an area and I'm really thinking carefully about what that area is. You know that I am fascinated by authenticity. I'm fascinated by the idea of authenticity within the realms of psychological safety. And I'm just kind of toying with a number of ideas at the moment, which could become my research project. So I'll fill you in on that as we go through. And although I am still working very much on an individual one-to-one -one coaching basis, it's wonderful that more and more organisations are coming through now and asking me to help them to help their people. And so I'm doing lots of group work at the moment and lots of seminars, lots of video podcasts, as well as individual coaching within organisations. I'm partnering on many of these with my husband, who is an expert when it comes to working with teams. So I'm very much about individuals or groups of people imparting knowledge. Mr. Cox is very much about understanding team dynamics and how you build trust within teams. And so we're really kind of smashing it together. And I feel really proud of us and, and what we're achieving and where we might go on to. Mr. Cox is just finishing his ILM just now, and he's just done something around being a non-executive director. So in terms of us moving towards our five-year vision, our five-year plan, the future is looking bright despite COVID and despite all of the uncertainty we face into. So that's my little update. And as I said to you at the beginning, this series of Master Your Mindset at the moment is focused on the book, You're Better Than You Think You Are. And I've already done two podcasts so far. If you haven't listened, you might want to go and do that. The first one was Stained Glass Windows and the second one, The Hijack, which covered the first two shackles that I talk about in the book. And today I'm going to be talking about the third one which is The Shadows. 
or my term, the shadows, sums up the word fear. And fear is the thing that I think I find holds back the majority of my clients. And well, I guess it holds back the majority of human beings if we're honest about it. And of course, it's a very natural response because our psyche, our subconscious, absolutely wants to keep us in our comfort zone. And so this emotion or this feeling or whatever we want to call it that represents fear is something that is there ultimately to keep us safe. It's a bit like the safety valve that's built into our system. And when I was studying at King's and I was doing the psychology and neuroscience PG cert, one of the things that I found interesting was how psychologists have been studying the reaction of fear. And there are kind of two schools of thought, really, that, you know, you might see a bear coming towards you and you might first feel fear and then set off a physiological reaction in your body. Do you know what? I can never say that word and I'll try my best as we go through this. Or there's another school of thought that you might see the bear you might then set off the physiological response and as a result of that, feel the fear. So it's a bit like the chicken and the egg, which comes first, the response in the body and then the cognitive feeling, or is it the other way around? The fact is, whichever way around it is, feeling fear absolutely sucks because you really do get a response in your body that is difficult to cope with. And depending on where you are on the scale of fear will depend on the severity of the symptoms that you feel. But, you know, I'm sure you can relate to things like the racing heartbeat. You know, you might get the sweaty palms, you might start to feel hot or you might feel cold. Or you might get that horrible feeling in your stomach that's like nausea, you might feel dizzy. There are so many ways that fear shows up for us in our body. And it's really not a nice feeling. And so no wonder that we try to avoid it. Now, I want to make it clear at this stage that during this podcast, I'm not going to be talking about phobia. I do cover phobia to a certain extent in the book. And I see it slightly differently from a shackle point of view to the things that I'm going to cover during the podcast. Phobias are almost like when we've made an association with a thing. And the, the fear response doesn't really go properly with the thing that we've associated it with. So this would be things like, you know, when we see a spider, we've decided that that is a threat to us and we feel scared. But people can also have phobias about everyday items such as buttons or balloons or cotton wool or whatever they have made this link in their brain that an object has become something to fear. And in the past, I've worked with people who have phobias and, you know, using NLP techniques and hypnotherapy techniques, you can help a person overcome that phobia. It's not the way that I work anymore. I'm not kind of interested in those solution-based techniques and I'm moving away from NLP more and more as I discover what, in my view, better techniques that help people really overcome deep rooted things that hold them back. But definitely if you experience phobia, 
it is worth seeking out someone who does solution-based hypnotherapy or indeed the NLP techniques that help you to get over those phobias quickly. For me, one of the things that I'm talking about when I'm talking about the shadows or fear are very much underpinned by the Not Good Enough program that I was talking about during the Stained Glass Windows podcast. And ultimately, underneath that is this distinct hatred of rejection or the feeling of rejection that many of us have. And therefore, fear is almost something that we feel in order to protect ourselves from that feeling of rejection. Because none of us, if we put our hand on our heart, like that feeling on a natural level, unless we consciously override what that means to us. So in the book, and I'm talking about the shadow, I'm covering things like fear of the outcome. And by that, I mean fear of failure or fear of success. I cover the fear of speaking up, which is a problem for so many people. And indeed, I have just done a fly on the wall coaching session with the lovely Nikki, in which this was her absolute fear, the fear of speaking up. And you can go and listen to that and figure out how I actually help her to get to the root of what's caused that. There's, of course, the fear of not fitting in because many of us have the desire to belong and be accepted. And so that's a huge one when it comes to holding people back from their ultimate potential. We've got, of course, the popular one at the moment, the fear of being found out, the dreaded imposter syndrome. And last summer, I did a podcast special around that. So if that's one of your fears and you can relate to it, you might going to go listen to that podcast. And then what I'm going to be talking about today in a bit more detail is the good old fear of judgment, which is absolutely linked to that feeling of rejection that we all like to try and avoid. But I guess what I want to say first is the key about all of these different fears is that there's quite blurry lines between them. You know, a lot of the time they come from the same place, they're associated with the same feelings, and we can dance in and out of each of the fears in a heartbeat, really, given any situation that we're in. But there's always been this quote when it comes to fear of judgment, and that is that lions don't waste time worrying about the opinions of sheep. Essentially, what that quote is saying is that you don't need to worry about what other people think. And, and I guess my, my initial response to that is, well, that's great for the lions, but what about the rest of us? Because it's not always that easy, is it? When you come from that place of wanting approval, of wanting to be accepted, to just shrug off the fact that people are judging you or the perception that people are judging you. And note that I've just used the word perception. Because what I often find is we're not really being judged by other people a lot of the time. It can be that we perceive or believe that we are being judged and we make it mean that the look that someone is giving us or perhaps how they've worded a certain sentence 
we then get this idea that they are judging us. Now, there's always a question here that I ask you to think about, and that is, how often are you judging other people? Because we live in a world of transactional analysis. And by that, I mean every single transaction that we show up in, we are acting in one of the ego states from transactional analysis. So, you know, we have the parents, we have the adults and we have the child. I'm sure you'll have heard about this if you've ever been on a corporate style training course. But actually, if you come from a place of critical parents in transactional analysis, then you'll spend a lot of your time judging what is going on around you. And therefore, you are more likely to have a perception that you are being judged by others. So just tune into yourself over the next few days and notice how often you judge other people because you will then be looking for that threat from other people judging you. I remember if I roll back to 2017, 2018, around the time, uh, the kind of the height of, of my weight loss journey, and I wrote about this in detail in my first book, Enough, I remember being subjected to just the most awful internet trolling. And it got to a place where most days I was receiving messages that were just awful. Now, those of you that listen to me a lot on podcasts and read my book know that I come from a place of needing approval. And I've done a lot of work on this over the last few years and got to a place where I still need approval and it is still a massive driver for me, but it doesn't hurt quite so much now when I get disapproved of, which was one of the pain points before. And of course, when you're being trolled, day after day after day, there is an awful lot of disapproval in that. And there were some days when it would bring me to tears. And when I reflect on that, I think part of it was not just what the troll themselves were saying, because these were people that I didn't know. And they had formed an opinion based on what they'd seen of me in social media. But for me, it was more that these individuals might be able to influence and persuade other people around them to feel the same way that they felt. And it was that threat of mass disapproval, I suppose, that made that really, really difficult for me to lean into. But lean into it, I must. And actually, it's been that experience of judgment every single day for sort of 12, 18 months that has helped me to move away from this desire for approval at all costs. And I now firmly believe that it's okay not to be liked by every single person on the planet. And indeed, that can't possibly ever be the case. And honestly, I think I believed that that could be the case once upon a time. And thank goodness I've moved away from that. I guess we're conditioned to think in this way. And that's, you know, something to just consider here. Our ancient brain absolutely set us up because, you know, if we think back to cavemen times, there was this real desire for social approval. And 
you know, the idea of keeping your place in the pecking order within the tribe was almost one of the only focuses other than going to get food that people in those days experienced. And so this is deeply ingrained in our ways of working. And this is why it can feel difficult for us to move away from. Now, in the book, I cover this in great detail. And I've actually put together a set of questions and a process for you to work through in order to really get under the skin of this. But the bottom line is, we have to accept that we are going to experience rejection. And it's not an easy thing to accept, but accept it we must if we are going to move away from the fear that strikes when we believe that we are at threat of being judged. And the more that you can move towards accepting that rejection is a normal experience within life, the easier it will be for you to process the threat of judgment when it strikes. And I guess it's about asking and looking over the times that you have been rejected and the times where you have been judged in the past. And just ask yourself, what was the worst thing that happened back then? <laughs> and when I think about the trolls and that situation that I was in for all of those months, it's very, very rarely now that I think back to those times. At the time, it was horrible and you know, I had to kind of lean into it and feel all of those horrible feelings in my body, you know, like that wave of heat when I would first read the message and think, oh my God, what is everyone going to think of this? Then it was horrible. But now I probably only think back to those times very, very occasionally, usually when I'm telling a story like this one. And so it isn't something that you know, a month down the line, a year down the line, five years down the line, I'm going to be having sleepless nights about. So in the moment, it doesn't feel very nice, but it isn't something that is debilitating for months and months and months after the event. It isn't something that I am going to be having sleepless nights and worrying about further down the line. And so when I say to myself, What's the worst that happens when I feel that feeling of being judged? It's a momentary feeling that passes. And then knowing that gives me strength because I know that I can get through it. I know that I'm going to bounce forwards from it and it isn't something that is going to keep me stuck. So the essence here is about getting used to the uncomfortable feeling being able to accept that it's going to happen. And ask yourself, who are you really fearful of being judged by? Because I tell you what, so often I find that the fear of judgment is coming from that place of critical parent. And if you've grown up in a household where one of your parents or in even one of your siblings took on the role of critical parent in that transactional analysis ego state model, you will be living in fear of being judged because it's what you've become conditioned 
to expect. Every little thing that you did had a magnifying glass held over the top of it. And you might even be acting in that critical parent mode yourself as a result of that conditioning. So I think sitting down and thinking about whose judgment am I really scared of? You know, and actually when I'm judged by other people, am I associating that with judgment from my mum or from my dad or whoever? And then ask yourself some killer questions. So I have three questions when I'm feeling judged or I'm feeling that I'm in this place of being rejected that I ask myself consciously and force myself to answer. And the first one is, is this feedback or is this judgment coming from a person that I love and respect? Because if it is, then it's worth perhaps having a look at what they're saying, having a look at what they're doing and deciding whether that means you need to do something differently. But if it isn't, then actually, is that valuable to you? If it's from somebody that just isn't on your map of the world, that isn't somebody that you respect, does their opinion of you really matter? Because ultimately, it's just a perspective and it isn't one that you have to accept. You know, I have lots of people in this world who would not choose to work with me in a million years. And that doesn't mean that I'm not very good at what I do. It just means I am not the type of person that floats their boat. And that's okay. If they then start to say, oh, you know, she's ridiculous. She shows up on LinkedIn and does these pathetic videos and and all of that sort of stuff. Again, I'd be looking at, well, am I bothered what they think? Is this someone that I love and respect? What would someone that loves and respects me actually say about what I do? And I'll quite often go back to my husband who loves and respects me, but is also someone who's very honest with me and ask him what he thinks. And he'll tell me straight, you know, whether I'm on or I'm off and I'll be able to value his opinion. So that's a great question to ask yourself when you're in this space of feeling judged. Secondly, you might ask yourself, is this something that I feel I need to work on? You know, so in the past, I've had judgment in my corporate career about being quite aggressive. And, you know, when I'm honest with myself about that, I think that's really true and valid feedback. And at the time, I didn't like hearing it. But what I now recognize with hindsight is I was very much wearing a mask in my corporate career and not allowing myself to be the true empath that I am, fearing that that was weak not allowing myself to be vulnerable, fearing that was weak, and almost showing up in this alpha male state, particularly in my 30s, because I felt that's what I needed to be in order to fit in and not be judged. And so the feedback was actually really valid, and I wasn't being true to who I was. And so when you take on feedback that feels judgy, it's really important to ask yourself, even though this stings and even though this hurts, is this something that I want to take on board and start to work on? Because it's often the stuff that stings us the most that is actually holding up a mirror to us to say, "Mm, you might want to look at this. 
And then the third one plays back to what I was saying earlier. Is this going to be something that I'll be worried about in a week's time or a month's time? You know, or is it going to be tomorrow's chip paper, as we used to say? And this is so fascinating. You know, really think back over the times where you've been judged or rejected before and and just notice how quickly you bounce forward from it. Again, in the moment, it feels horrible, but you have the resilience to move on. And there will be so many examples of times during, you know, your however many years you've been on the planet where you felt that judgment, but actually you haven't thought about it since. And so these things help you to bring conscious awareness into the moment when you're feeling the fear of being judged and feeling like you don't want to move forwards. And it will just help you realise that that judgment isn't as big a bear as you think it is. And actually, you pushing on the edge of your comfort zone and starting to unleash your potential is so much more beneficial than staying stuck in your comfort zone, staying small for fear that this judgment might come. Because when you get judgment into perspective and you realise that you have all of the resources and the capability to process that judgment and do what you need to do with it, which is file it under not very useful, then you are able to start to take those steps forward. So give yourself a break. Allow yourself to notice what judgment has done to you before and just how resilient you are at bouncing forwards from it. And then start taking some positive action towards your goals and the things that you want to achieve. These shadows are there. These shadows can feel incredibly real. But the wonderful thing about shadows is that you can step outside of them. You can step beyond the shadows and you can start to feel that sunshine on your face and start to move forward in a new way. So have a reflect, have a mull, and I hope you found this useful. It is just a tiny aspect of the shadows chapters. So do go and read the book and do work through the exercises in the book to help you to start to unlock these shackles and move forward. And I look forward to bringing you the next episode soon. Do come and follow me on Instagram if you can. So I am Mindset Mentor Angela Cox on Instagram. And please do follow my little girl who's only 10 years old and she set up her own little business. And her Instagram is Blissbox Letterbox Gifts. She's raising money for charity and she's sending pockets of joy through your letterbox you might be able to pick up a box and gift it to a friend, but do give her some support. I'm so, so very proud of her. And thanks to everybody who's already bought the boxes too. Sending you lots of love and joy. I hope you keep safe and well, and I will speak to you again. I do hope that you enjoyed listening to the Mindset Mentor Meets podcast. If you did, be sure to check out the show notes to access all of those important links. For more about me, visit my website at www.angela-cox.co.uk 
Now, I'd really love it if you could subscribe to our channel so that you never miss an episode. And do leave us a five-star review because it really helps us to get noticed. Bye for now. I do hope that you'll tune in next week and take good care.